Good morning. Um, I have a scripture for someone today. On Psalm 46, 10 said, Be still and know that I'm God. I'll be honored in every nation. I'll be honored throughout the world. If you do the study of the word, be still. It used to be when I was growing up reading, I thought you had to be stand still. Like, have you read to say be still? Like, okay, what should I do? And understand that God is an active God. He's not a passive God. If you study the word be still, the second definition of the word be still, I really love it, is called let it go. Amen. The word be still means let it go. So it's for you, whoever you are here today, God wants you to let it go. And because He's Lord today. Amen? Amen. Well, before I begin, some things just to feel relaxed, things to ponder. I like, you know, sometimes laughter is a good medicine. Um, I like to think. How many of you like to think? Probably you say after college, like, no more thinking. Like, that's it. Um, something to ponder. You have ponder. If a corn oil comes from corn, and olive oil comes from olives, where the heck does baby oil come from? Just, just saying, just saying. If a cow laughs, cow laughs, does milk come out from his nose? Just saying, just saying. If hunting season means you kill animals, and fishing seasons means you catch fish, what is a tourist season? Just saying, just saying. What does a bald person put for hair color on their driving license? Anyone, anyone know the answer? I just want to know. What do you put? Blonde? Really? That this, this is for Sunny, Sunny Leslie. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> what do you think, Sunny? I don't know, too. Don't know. What do sheep count where they can't get to sleep? Human? I don't know. Do Lipton tea employees get a coffee break? Why is lemon juice mostly artificial ingredients, but dishwashing liquid contains real lemons? Why is there an expiration date on... Sour cream. <laughs> you never thought of that. You go to the grocery store, say, why there's expiration date on sour cream? I don't know. Ask someone who's smarter than me. Well, today we're going to do Acts chapter 
4 and Acts chapter 5 this week as we continue the series Rediscovering Normal Christianity. Even just thinking about that theme, Rediscovering Normal Christianity. That is interesting that we have to speak about that because anything that is outside is abnormal. It is normal to see the blind, see the deaf, hear the lame walk. It is normal to see people walk with Christ every day. It is abnormal to see what's happening around this world. And I think that we need, as a church of Jesus Christ, that we need to continue to walk what the book of Acts has claimed to be, to walk in normality in Christians. It is normal to pray for people. It's normal to share Jesus. It's normal. Everything's normal. So today in, on Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5, it is normal to face opposition when you attempt to accomplish anything significant for God. The moment you say yes to God, the moment you say yes to God, you know you are in another camp. You are serving another king. You are at another kingdom. How many of you love sports? You know, in every sport, there is a home team and then there is a, a position team. You know what I don't like about this generation? I'm going to tell you about this generation I don't like. I'll tell you why. It is said that every losing team and every winning team receive the same awards. What's that deal? I remember when you lose, you lose. You don't get the prize. You don't get anything. You don't go to the coach, we lost, can I get my, my, my prize? No, no. You don't get anything. Do you think when Pittsburgh Steelers won the Super Bowl, that they will share their ring with the other team? No. That ain't going to happen. When, when there is a home team, there's a position. When you receive Jesus Christ and say yes to Him, there is a posing team. His name is Satan. The devil and all his enemy. So let me qualify in the beginning. Whenever I said opposition, the first thing you understand, there is a prince of the air. The Bible said we are not against flesh and blood, but power, principality, the prince of darkness. He is our opposition. And anyone that is, does not believe in Jesus Christ will be used as a puppet for him to accomplish his purpose, his evilness. So we are not against, when I say opposition, we are not against another human being. Now, God can use, I mean, Satan can use them. We are not against them. When you understand that principle of life, you know that when you face opposition, there is the sons of disobedience that energize them. It's not your boss. It's not your spouse. It's not your neighbor. It's the enemy have energized them. So you need to have a perspective change that I am not against this flesh and blood, but there is a power of darkness 
that's over them. And when you have that perspective, then you have a better way of dealing with it. Now, let me give you this thing. In Judges chapter 3, we are not even in the book of Acts yet. Judges chapter 3. Let me give you this. And I believe why God allowed opposition in our life. Verse 1 says, These are the nations that the Lord left in the land to test those Israelites who had not experienced the war of Canaan. He did this to teach warfare to generations of Israelites who had no experience in battle. Now he mentioned all the different opposition enemies. And I believe God leave, let allow opposition is to train us to do warfare. You know, without warfare, you become lethargic, you become weak. With warfare, it makes you alert, makes you urgency, makes you prepare. And I believe God allowed opposition in our lives so to train us. Now, never see opposition as negative. Don't see opposition as negative. Its opposition is to mold you and to make you into the image of God. Jesus taught, Paul talked about tribulation. That tribulation and suffering is to conform you in His character. What God wants us to do is how do we respond to opposition correctly? And that's the key. So Acts chapter 4. So I want to speak about three things today. The reason for opposition, the response to opposition, and the result of opposition. So let's look at Acts chapter 4 today. And this is the reason for opposition. And I'm going to choose a few selective scripture here and because of time, we won't read the whole chapter 4, whole chapter 5. But chapter 4, verse 2 said this. Acts 4, 2 said, This leader was very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of death. Acts chapter 4, verse 18 said, So they called the apostles back and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. And Acts chapter 5, verse 28 said, We give you strict orders never again to teach in this man's name. He said, Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want us responsible for his death. So Acts chapter 1, verse 4 said, When Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. This leader was very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, their resurrection of the dead. Now, understand about Sadducees. Sadducees do not believe in bodily resurrections. And they were disturbed because Peter and John preached about Jesus' resurrection. Not only that, preached about Jesus. Verse 12 is the only way 
of salvation. Greg Steers said this, Jesus as the way, the truth and the life or the only way to salvation is hard to swallow in a postmodern culture where more and more people think that Jesus is one of many ways to God. And salvation is achieved through living a good life rather than received through faith alone in Christ Jesus. Most people view the gospel as a message that proclaims all roads lead to God as long as you are sincere. See, the reason our Peter and John opposition is not because They are teaching something that is normal, but they are teaching that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. C.S. Lewis, if you know C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, and I challenge you, if you, want, if you love apologetics, read Mere Christianity. C.S. Lewis wrote this, a man, was, a man who was merely a man and say the sort of things that Jesus said will not be a great moral teacher. He either be a lunatic or on level with a man who say he's a poached egg, as else he be in the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Jesus could only have been one of four things. A legend, a liar, a lunatic, a Lord and God. That's it. I mean... How many of you have been, co- you are, a lot of you have been in college before. I do about 20 some years in college ministry. Never failed in my life. Every semester, student will come out. It doesn't matter what topic they are in, mathematics, chemistry, biology, that Jesus will come out in that lecture in a negative way. You've been to secular university, you know that. But the moment one student one student that know God, one student that said, excuse me, sir, I think Jesus is the only way. You will have chaos in the classroom. You people will stop screaming and shouting. You can mention any other God. They will be like, oh, let's talk about this. The moment you favorably mention the name of Jesus, the whole classroom turned upside down. Because there's something about that name. There's something about that name. There's something about that person. And that's why I think the reason why the, the opposition for Peter and John because they find favor in the name of Jesus. Understand this. Understand this. It's okay for them to introduce another religion. But the moment 
They said there's only one king. There's only one kingdom. There's only one way. Watch out. The Roman uh, said, wait a minute, there's only one king, the Caesar's. Now you say there's only King Jesus? Another religion said there's, only, there's a lot of way to God, and you say there's only one way? That's what's going to happen. I mean, you know that. When you mention Jesus' name favorably, whoa! The flesh coming out, the claw coming out. What do you mean? He's the only way. I mean, what about other religion? You can, I understand this. Understand, we are against the principalities. This is Satan works. Don't be intimidated if people oppose you. So there's a reason. But it's the second thing is interesting. Because the second is Sadducees and the temple guard and the priests arrested Peter and John. You know, it's interesting. I'm going to read this. If you recognize most of your opposition will not come from unbelievers, but from those who call themselves Christians. Right? You have family members who call themselves Christian. When you try to leave like Christ, they will be like, what do you think you are? See, as long as you live according to the world values and the world goals, they won't trouble you. You can go to church and even pray and read the Bible and they won't mind. But the minute you wake up from your spiritual liturgies, shake off the worldly mindset and commit yourself to radical obedience to Jesus Christ, you will encounter opposition. Whenever you attempt to advance His kingdom, opposition will hit. When you share the gospel that convinces them of their sin in the presence of a holy God and points them to the cross, of Jesus Christ, look out. When you call them to obedience, holy living in this wicked world, look out. When you direct the vision toward the unrich people who are wanting to hear the gospel, look out, you face opposition. Whenever you want to live for Christ, you will face opposition. Like I said before, you're not, you're not against oppose them. But the enemy have energized them for that. Be careful. So the reason for opposition, so number two, the response to the opposition. Verse 8, chapter 4 to verse 13 said this, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elder people, are we being questioned today because we've done a deed of a crippled man? Because Pastor Kurt spoke about last week about Acts chapter 3, when Peter healed that crippled man. Silver or gold, I have none. In the name of Jesus, rise up. And this is what has brought that riots, the opposition. And by said on verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. This is how you need to respond to opposition. It's be led and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's always easy to respond, to react according to your flesh. It's easy. Human, we tend to react. That's why I always say this. Jesus never reacts on situations. He always responds to situations. There's a difference between reacting and response. 
Interestingly, in this verse that Peter is being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I challenge you, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit continually every day. Because the tendency of our flesh to take over every situation and everything's happen. You need to yield, you need to surrender. We sing the song, yielding, surrendering. Every day when I wake up, I say, Holy Spirit, possess me. Because in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, said, Paul said, I die daily. You need to be like, how many of us are led by the Holy Spirit every day? So number one, be led and be filled. So every day, say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I need you desperately. How to live this life. How to be a better employee, a better employer. How to be a better student. And how to respond to situation that you need to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Number one. Number two. Verse 8 to 13. And say that, Rulers and elders of people, are we questioned today because we've done a good deed for crippled men? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all you and all the people that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom Christ God raised from dead. From Jesus is the one referred to the scripture where he says, the stone that your builder rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation, no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Second thing, you must be confident in Christ. You know, it's interesting. On verse 13, on the second part, it said this. The first thing said, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of John, Peter and John, for they could, could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scripture. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. You know, I, I was many things, if God said this, if you want to have bonus and confidence, then you need to spend time with Jesus. You know, I think last couple of months ago, I was, I was you know, um, thinking, meditating on the word anointing. You know, you said, man, the person is anointed. You know, you use, we use the word anointed. The person is anointed. There's anointing on that person. And I was like, man, what does that mean? Is it because he's an eloquent speaker? Or is it because he's charismatic? And is, is it because he has his all thing together? that he can capture the audience. What does that mean? When we say that person is anointed, there's anointing of the person. And I was thinking, I said, okay, God, give me a new definition for that because I know what's anointing, the, whatever the glory and presence of God. I said, God, give me a good, good definition for that. And this just simple word, what's anointing all about? When we say someone's anointed, when this says anointing, and God said, this is what I mean, that He has spent time with me. He has spent time with me. He is with me, like Scripture said. These people are with Jesus. Because you do not have the anointing, God has the anointing. And when you spend time with God, 
the anointing flow in and through you. And God said, if you want to have boldness and confidence in Jesus, that you need to spend time with Him and Him alone. You know, we talk about a lot of things about, you know, wonders and miracles kind of thing. If you read Mark chapter 3, verse 15, and I say this, remember that's the first time Jesus called the disciples, the first time He appointed disciples, the 12 of them, He said, the first thing he said, I call them to what? I call of them to himself, to me first, before I send them out. And I tell every intern, when we do our internship in my church, we have an internship training on the pastor, and I tell every intern, interns, I say, the first thing you need to do in, before you go to ministry, you need to learn how to spend time with God. Not doing ministry. Being with Him first before the doing. I say, if you don't do that, you will get burnt out. You get discouraged because you will face opposition. You will face criticalness and everything. But when you spend time with God and you receive encouragement from Him, then you can walk out again to do what He called you to do. When God called us, He called us to be with Him first before He will send us out. You want, you want to respond to opposition? Be a man to be in Christ first. That He will lay, He will show you what, how to respond properly. Being confident in Christ and Him alone. Number three, verse 19 said this, but John, uh, Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than Him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. Number nine, three things how you respond is be obedient to God at all costs. Be obedient to God at all costs. Even though it costs you everything. Now, let me clarify this. Make sure the opposition that you face it's not because of your wrongdoing. So you don't come and tell the pastor, man, my, my boss don't like me. I think he hate me because I'm a Christian. No, because you are lazy. <laughs> because you don't come to work early. Because you skip your work. Because you don't do things excellent. Students, when you go to school class and you say, my, pro my professor hates my Christianity. Every time I mention God, he will ridicule me. No, because you fail in your class. Because you don't do your homework. That is your wrongdoing. has nothing to do with God. So be careful when you say somebody opposed me. Be careful it's not your arrogance or your pride or your self-centeredness. Don't put God in the equation. Matter of fact, if you have that kind of attitude, God even opposes you. So make sure that we stand before position, that your heart is right, that you are literally standing up for God and Him, Him alone. That people cannot find fault in you at all. Even among your family members, 
He said, my family member opposed me because you are obnoxious. <laughs> because you are flaky. Every word come out, glory, hallelujah. They're like, I can't even relate to you. So don't go say, oh, I think they opposed to me. No! Because they think you are strange. So, so be careful with that. That you are not opposed because of your own self things that you make, but because you stand for God and Him, Him alone. So make sure. So what happened if 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 what happened? You found out that you are lazy. You found out that you are not this, that, that you are arrogant. What, what happened? Go and apologize. Go and say, man, forgive me because I have not been Christ-like. That's how you respond. Right? Humble yourself and say, I was wrong. That's how you respond. You know, one of the things I learned about, about this in Acts chapter 4 when Peter John was being caught at, 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 and, and, and put in prison, you understand one thing, they did not react to the priests of Sadducees. Many of them said they submit themselves to them. It's really hard when you submit yourself when you know you're right. They submit themselves. And because, because you know why? Because in verse 23, 28, if you read that, you understand, be assured that God is in control of everything. God is in control of everything. There's nothing escaped from Him at all. He knows everything. He's in control. When you know God is in control, that He has a bigger, a better plan for you. What the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. He will turn every situation around. Romans 8. You know the 28? God will work all things for good. Right? We always stop there. We don't continue. God will work for all things for good for, for those who love Him. So if you don't love God, it's not going to work well with you. Then he said, for those who love him and according to his purpose. So understand that God will work all things for God for those who love him and according to his purpose and not your purpose. So understand, when I say God is in control, he is going to accomplish everything that he has set forth on his plan, not your plan. So God sees the big picture. It's really hard when you are in the middle of that situation because you can't see. Because what God wants to do is take you up high on the 30,000, 36,000 feet and say, look, this is what... And like, whoa, now I see it. What's happened? He said, that's what you need to do. Yeah, be assured that God is in control in every observation. Even the opposition come before you. Acts chapter 4, 29, 31 said this. 
But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servant great bonus in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After they pray, after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with bonus. You know what's interesting about this? They never pray for revenge. They never pray, say, get them back, God. They deserve the worst. I will pray sickness on them. I will pray bankrupt. I will pray everything against them. No. Matter of fact, Peter, John, and the apostle were praying that God will endow them with a power on high so they will see more signs and wonder and miracles happen. They did not come against opposition with negative. Matter of fact, they come with opposition to show the power of God manifest. I know how many of you, including myself, there is time you like, you know, the car that the road rage overtake you and honk at you. You know, you play in your mind, man, I wish someday. A tire will fall out. <laughs> yeah. They get what they deserve. Right? I know all of you are holy. I, I'm, I'm not, so it's okay. <laughs> you, you don't have evil thought. You know, it's interesting. A long time ago in our church, we have this sign, like, like the sign that we have, the church sign. And you know, we are in a... In a, in a um, Party school. We are one of, used to be one of the largest party school in the nation. In, in Halloween, there are 50,000 students will come down for Halloween. And we have to close about eight blocks down, eight blocks. The whole street is like, like sudden, pack to pack. People just, I mean, literally, okay, people get drunk, and I mean, you name everything they do. They will throw the bottles up on the sky and just hopefully, it just landed on everybody. I mean, that's what they do. It's crazy. So, so, our church is quite near to the to the um, to downtown. So when they get drunk, what they do, they would damage our property. So they will walk past our church. They will kick the signboard down. Every time they kick the signboard down, so spend a few thousand dollars every year without fail. We have to spend a few thousand dollars to repair that sign because they kick it down. And we were sitting down there. We were sitting down together with all the pastor one day, and we were we were sitting down, and we were tired of sign. All this sign be kicking down. And we said, you know what? We should build this spike. Come out, spike. <laughs> you know, the moment they come, they're about to kick, that spike just jammed them up. <laughs> I know you don't think about that. But we were like, man, kind of thing, right? right? But the apostle and Peter and James, Peter and John did not do that. Say, God, give us the power of bonus that we will preach your gospel more. Because you know what? They have a different revelation. Because they find themselves worthy to be opposed for the gospel's sake. You know, some of us, when we oppose because stand up for Jesus Christ, we say, that's it, enough. I'm taking my marble home. I don't like you anymore. 
But the, 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 the apostle, the disciple said, no, we find it is a worthy. Thank you, Jesus, that you have chosen us to be the light and the salt, to stand before all opposition, to proclaim your gospel and your good news and declaring who you are. Let me say this. Satan only oppose those that are radical. If you are lukewarm, he leave you alone. Let me say it again. Satan only oppose those that are committed, radical, so loud for Christ. But if you are compromised and lukewarm, he will leave you alone. So you ask yourself, do I make a damage to the kingdom of devil? Or the devil just leave me alone? Silence over here. <laughs> Understand that Peter and John is not playing games. They are not afraid of the Sadducees and the priests and everything because they know who they are serving. They know who's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You understand Peter denied Jesus three times before that? Not too long ago, he denied Jesus three times. The same Peter who denied Jesus three times and the same Peter said, there is no salvation except in Christ alone. Because you have the revelation. So let me close with this. The result of opposition. In the book of Acts chapter 5, begin at verse 17 to verse 42. You can read that by hope. This is the result. If you face opposition, God will come to help you. Because angels open the door of the gates of prison. Man, I, I, you know, you want, you want to see supernatural heaven happen in your life? When you stand before God, you, you stand for Him, you will see supernatural happen. Angels manifest. You know, in back in 1780s, I don't know about you, if you're older than 1780s, maybe early 90s, you will hear about uh, hitchhiking angels. Have you heard that? Oh, you never hear that? Oh, I need to bring you back to hippies movement. There are story upon story. If you grew up, that, they call it angel hitchhiker. You have a story about couples driving in a car after church and a, 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 a person who said, can I get a ride? And they, they take the person back, back at the back seat and the person will say about, you know, Jesus is coming back and everything. Say, yeah, yeah, I know. And then they will drive along and the, the guy will say, can you just drop me here? And they will drop them there and then they will drive along and then they say, and then there's a story. So the so husband and wife, old lady, just came in from the church and picked up this guy on the way because he hitchhiked in the middle of cornfield and drove him down and they were passing down a gas station and then the, the man said, can you drop me here? I said, okay, I'll drop here. And then they walked by. And then the wife turned around and told the husband, I think it's quite late. Maybe that young man do not have a place to stay. Why don't you turn around and ask him whether he wants to stay at our house? So they turned around and went and they couldn't find the, the man. 
So they went to the gas station owner and said, do you see a guy here we just dropped off not too long ago? He said, what man? He said, I didn't see anything. And the gas station owner said, it's a funny thing. I saw the door open, but nobody come out. You know, I believe that in the last day, there will be more angel manifestation. I did a study on the first time Jesus came back, the second time He will come back. I, I, I did a study on the parallel. You will see the first time there's a lot of angel manifestation. And I believe the second just came in, there will be a lot of angel manifestation too. You will see the parallel. And it's the norm. It's a norm. It's not something like, whoa. No, it's a norm. So God will help you. Number two, the result, God will open new doors for you. Verse 26, 32, the captain went to the temple, guards arrested the apostle, but without violence, for they are afraid. Then they brought the apostle before the high council. Understand this. It's interesting this. We might think, when they brought Peter and John, the apostle, before the council, we said, man, what a bad day. But God has set it up. Set it up for them to proclaim the gospel, the good news to the high priests. You know what? If you study history carefully, if you study this carefully, there are some of the Sadducees and high priests there receive Christ. Because how do we know? Because when you read this thing, when you read chapter 4, the council come together and discuss what they should do with Peter and John, right? Now, let me tell you, how did Peter and John knew they were discussing? About what? Except some of them receive Christ and bring it back to Luke and say, this is what we have. I said, God set everything up. He has a greater purpose because God did not want anyone to perish but everyone to come to knowledge of Jesus Christ. So He will set everything up even though opposition seems negative to all of us, but to God, He has a plan. Bigger than your plan. So God will open new doors they never seen. Number three, the result, God will do the unexpected. Verse 30, Acts 5, 33, 39. You can read that, all of the things. God will intervene. In the midst of everything. You know, I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot. You know, when you stand radical in your family, they might, in the beginning, they might say, oh man, too much, man. But they know when they need prayer, they know who they go to. They don't know go to that lukewarm one. That Joe that, that Joe that I'm not sure whether he's yes or no. But he will make sure, hey, Jim, can you, can, you pray for, can you pray for my wife? He hates your guts. He don't like you at all. In every family gathering, he's like, stay away from you. But the moment when calamity comes, they know who to call because they know you have a direct line to God. Because that, that brother that you have that look warm, he has, they know, he's flaky. But you have a direct line to God. You know that even in your workplace, you stand so for God. I'm going to tell you what, I hear the boss will come say, I said, even though I do not like the Jesus that he keeps preaching, he keeps sharing, but I know I can trust him. Isn't it interesting? 
God will do the as expected. And then number three, God, number four, verse X5, 40, 42, God will give you reason to rejoice. He said that the other except the advice they called in the apostle had them flogged. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus. And they left and go and they rejoice because they find worthy to suffer for Jesus' sake. So let me close with this. When you find yourself facing opposition in this world for your faith, when you find yourself being opposed by the ancient enemy who wants to wreck your faith and destroy the church, remember who's in charge. Remember the one who's building his church and has promised that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And remember to stand up with boldness and use the opposition you are facing as an opportunity to proclaim Christ to those who are opposing you. And then trust in God to see that your message finds its way to the, into the heart and mind of someone He has placed in your life at the very, very moment for the very reason. So Adam, you can come out. I felt this. I want to end. Adam's there. Oh, Adam's there. <laughs> Adam's like an angel. From there to there. Amen. Let me close with this. I might know all of you, but I might not know some of you here. You know what the saddest thing is this? It's not that when people oppose you or the enemy oppose you. But the saddest thing when you oppose God. If you today, this morning, that you have not completely surrendered your life to Jesus all out, completely 100%, you are standing opposed Him. That is more detrimental, that's more damage than the Satan opposed you. And you stand opposed with God. So I'm going to close, I'm going to open this altar. You know in your life that you have not completely honest and truthful with God. You know in your life that you are playing games even today. You know that, like I said just now, you consider yourself compromised and lukewarm Christian. You're not so loud radical for God. You think, you think you are, but you're not. But today you say, I don't play any more games. I want to be real with God. I don't want to oppose the plan that God has for me, the purpose that Jesus has for me. I want to be on His side, opposing the enemy, Satan. So I'm going to open up this altar. If you desire to completely, whether you walk with God before, but you completely walk away from Him, or you know in your life that you are not completely surrendered, that you still run your own life, you still do your own thing, whenever you find time free, then you only serve God. But today you say, I am completely surrendered all. And I don't want to be the opposition to Jesus Christ. If you are the one, if you have re- want to recommit and commit your life, I want you to come on my right side, your left here. And our altar team, you can come up here. 
and He'll pray with you and pray for you. Don't let pride or anything to hinder you. On my left, on your right, I want to do this. You felt that there's opposition in your life. That you need the grace and the strength of God to respond accordingly to what God wants you to have. You need the wisdom of God. You need the discernment of God. You need the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Say, God, I'm facing this opposition regardless what, whether whether from the enemy, from sickness, whatever opposition you're facing, you say, I need the wisdom, the, the discernment, and the ways of God, how to respond accordingly. If you are the one, you come on my left, on your right. And the altar teams will pray for you and pray with you. So let me close this prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we ask you even this morning that you will come down in this place supernaturally that God when we face opposition that we ask you to endow us with your Holy Spirit God if you are not there yet and we are not on fire so up for you we ask you to fill us and save us so that we are ready to face the enemy in our life. Lord, I surrender even the congregation to you. They ask that your will be done, your kingdom come in each one of their life. That they when walk up today, they walk up in a confidence, in a boldness, in an assurance, in a conviction, in a feeling of the Holy Spirit in their life. So I commit all of them to you even this morning. Have your way and have your will. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.